bro, I'm never on Instagram anymore. Like, I am, holy shit. So I go to, oh my God, I go to my Instagram. Uh, don't judge me. I go to Instagram, and this is what Instagram recommends for me. Yeah. <laughs> bro, <laughs> I'm tired of the algorithm. <laughs> I am so over the algorithm, yo. Totally over it. Completely over it. watching the dune trailer again because i like watching timothy chalamet be in pain oh so i'll fry this shit up right the fuck down too man so have you you watched it right oh yeah i totally did yeah so you were immediately excited for this bad boy right yeah i mean i haven't been excited about a trailer in a really long time <laughs> So, I was trying to think of what the last one was, and like I feel like I acknowledged like Age of Ultron was good, but I wasn't like, oh my god, like damn, Age of Ultron, that's a throwback. Is the Bene Gesserit woman Kate Blanchett? The god, woman with, him the, with those the veil? gloves. Yeah. Oh damn, her her face is so obscured. God, Timothy Chalamet in that jacket with those gloves, step on me. <laughs> Except like, <laughs> let me step on you harder. I mean. This character looks like he's down for that. Well, first of all, I know that they probably aged him up a little bit because this story is very weird if Paul is 15. Oh, yeah. But Paul's like a small boy. Like, that's a whole thing. Like, he's a a small man. He basically is small for a 15-year-old and never gets any bigger in the course of the narrative. Okay. Which takes place over a couple years. I know this is so dumb, but like, I got such intense chills when the Pink Floyd started. Was it uh, Eclipse? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Which so many people started streaming on Spotify that Spotify couldn't stream it today. Hilarious. So many people started streaming Dark Side of the Moon that Dark Side went down on Spotify. Jesus, that's so funny. Like, I mean, is this is this the Joker and Kurt Cobain all over again? This I is... think this might be better because it's such think... a like weird ethereal version of it. Okay. It's not just like, hey, have you considered the exact psychological implications of the original version of this song that tells you the exact psychological implications of this song? Have we mentioned we're not 1966 Batman? Hilarious. And it's like, yes, you have. Man, this <laughs> audio medium cat. <laughs> She's yeah, that's very why I did excited. it silently. She's very, very excited. I'm assuming this is not going to be, if they're telling the whole book, this can't be just one movie, I'm going to guess. It has to be at least a sequel. I don't know. So here's the complicated part of this, right? Okay. I'll explain my history with Dune after I say this statement. I think it'll be better that way. 
there's a lot of Dune that is little details that maybe don't need to exist in the narrative of a film. Okay. So they, there doesn't need to be 10 pages explaining that Mentats have blue lips and that means this and whatever. Like, you can just show that they have blue lips, you know? Yeah. So I think a lot of the set dressing, if once that's cut out, it's a fairly straightforward story. Honestly, it's kind of a plot of Star Wars. <laughs> uh, it looks uh, like it's in that realm. All right, so Dune came out in 1965, and George Lucas basically went, hmm. <laughs> so I think it's possible to tell the story, especially if they really center Paul and the Baron Harkonnen as two leads, like two co-leads in like parallel narratives that converge. Okay. Which I hope is what they do. <laughs> but they're also about, I don't know, 30 Dune books. Holy fuck. There's probably not that many, but there's a lot. There's at least like half a dozen. Like at one point. Yeah. And then like at one point you find out that the spice is spoilers and the worms are spoilers and (laughs) the God of the worms is redacted. And so, (laughs) so just even kind of looking at the trailer and being fully excited other than the beautiful and young Timothy Chalamet, what excites well, you about I, the is, trailer? First of all, I think I've shat on Timothy Chalamet on the podcast before, but just in case I haven't, I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm not sure I'm here for Timothy Chalamet yet. Oh, really? As an like, actor? He's been, no, I think he's a fine actor. I'm not sure I'm here for like Timothy Chalamet, like the person, the 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 phenomenon. Hilarious. I'm not sure I'm going to have sad boy hours when I find out that Timothy Chalamet is dating somebody and I have no chance. Like, it's fine. Like, Timothy Chalamet, you are not my Tumblr heartthrob. I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't like men who are, like, more likely to be in a classical Greek painting as a woman than I am. Jealous. (laughs) A little bit. He's very pretty. He's got nice eyelashes. He's very They make mine feel stubby. I don't like it. (laughs) But he doesn't have like he doesn't have any controversies, right? Wikipedia's no, controversy. He free. is wholly unproblematic because he's just a nice, he's just a, a sw- nice twink, a, a swell French slash American fella from New York City with a little bit of Italian and some Jewish and some Russian. And he got to make out with Army Hammer all day. It might be nice. It might be nice. <laughs> So I'm here for Timothy Chalamet as an actor. I'm not sure I'm here for, like, the Chalamet makeover that seems to be happening to the internet. But, like, that's fine. Yeah. I see you soft boys with your Hydra flasks on the set of Little Women. I feel like if he, if Timothy Chalamet was, like, a thing during the apex of, like, Justin Bieberism, Chalamet would have been probably, like, the most famous human being on planet Earth. Well, I think he would have been, like, the perfect foil to Justin Bieber. Because Justin Bieber is all, like, bright-colored, poppy, bullshit, bullshit. Like, he's the Lana Del Rey of, <laughs> of like, attractive young men that were, like, 11 in 2006 or 7 when Bieber got big. Yeah. He is right in that, like, sweet spot of, like, to Justin Bieber's now candy-colored hair. He's, like, dark, longer, big eyelashes, big eyes, very serious. Yeah. If I found out he had any tattoos with color, I would be like shocked. 
he's like, I only like sully my body with black to show the contrast of human nature. Like whatever. Like he's got some pretentious reason for the reason he's got a bird on his asshole. I don't care. Maybe because he's from New York City. Is that it? I don't like, know. If he was from like Turnbuckle, Wisconsin, like it'd be totally kind of Are you saying thing. I would like him better if he was from like Buttfuck nowhere? I think if he was from Walnut, Mississippi, I think you may be a bit higher on Timothy Shaw. I, I just feel like I don't know. I know Lori. I know the kid from Call Me By Your Name. I even know Paul, even though I haven't seen his take on Paul Atreides yet. Who the fuck is Timothy Chalamet? Maybe it's a good thing, though. Maybe it's a good thing that we're finally creating boundaries between us and celebrities. I don't disagree with that fundamentally. I just don't understand why Twitter is like, he is perfect. And I'm like, who is he, though? I mean, he's a skinny, square-jawed white kid with cool hair. I mean... <laughs> he does have nice hair. I mean, that's if, if, I, if I was skinnier and could be androgynous, I would want Timothy Chalamet hair. It's pretty wavy. It's definitely yeah, wavy. I'm, I'm into it. He's on a good streak of good hair. It's, it's all that you touch and all that you see. Uh, he was in, the, I mean, obviously Lady Bird gets no respect mm. in this podcast. So, we'll, Oh, we'll right. Lady was he Bird. in Lady Bird? Yeah, he was, the, he was the emo kid that Lady Bird liked. Um, I may have slept through that part. Oh, that was a good nap then. You, you made the right uh, By the way, this is not an anti-Timothy Chalamet podcast either. Oh, not at all. This is a, a Timothy Chalamet maybe. <laughs> Call me by your maybe. <laughs> yeah. This is now officially a Call Me Timoth- Timothy Chalamet maybe podcast. Hilarious. What makes me want to get close to someone and snuggle? Fear. Salutations. I'm Melisette. And on a frightful fret with Melisette, I read classic horror stories combining audiobooks and audio drama into a podcast. Come away with me into the darkness and let me make your ears tingle with a sensation of terror. A frightful fret with Melisette. Available everywhere podcasts are and find us at ourfrightfulfret.net. Don't forget. I read Dune for the first time as part of a science fiction class that I took in high school, and I hated it. Oh, shit. I think part of it was because I had to read it in a really short period of time. Yeah. So I didn't get to, like, enjoy it. I also was, like, a pretentious asshole who didn't like world building (laughs) back then because, like, I was busy. Like, I had shit to do. That's so funny. (laughs) I think I appreciated a lot of what it was doing, but I was also like, but Star Wars did this better. We don't need this. And now I'm like, oh, fuck Star Wars. So, oh my God. Shout out, shout out before we go. A quick shout out to John Boyega. Boyega. <laughs> Although I don't live in the States, but I'm black. Fuck that. So I say it again fuck you, racist white people. I said what I said. He is uh, not with the look- shits anymore. I love it. I would also like to give a shout out to Ray Daisy Ridley, who today was just like, what the fuck, man? Hilarious. She knows when when the nice white lady knows something is wrong also, like. Yeah, man. They must have saw so much shit that they couldn't talk about. 
And then John Boyega was the first one like, I don't know oh, the he, fuck anymore. He like broke the dam open. And I really, yeah. I hope to God that he gets jobs after this because I think he is so talented. And like, I just want to like be his friend and like tell him it's, it's going to be okay someday. Even though I can't say that with any confidence at all. For the general public, please don't run up on John Boyega. You may get, you may get your life taken. By me. <laughs> I may dump the body. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. We've got, we've got a network of film podcasters who will destroy everything you've loved. And yes, all exactly. that you touch and all that you see. And sorry. <laughs> Shout out to Kelly Marie Tran also. I want to see mm-hmm. her in other shit too, man. Yeah, I, I agree. And also I, fuck all you people who bullied them off of Instagram. Literally eat shit and choke on it. Anyway. Basically. Dune. I didn't like the book, but I became obsessed with like all the weird minutia of Dune. Okay. So like the weird adaptations of Dune and like all the weird like art that people made inspired by Dune and then all the memes. Like I found a weird like subsect of people who just consistently in 2020 make Dune memes and like have always made Dune memes. Was that everything on Tumblr? I don't remember seeing that on Tumblr. It totally was. If you ever saw Kyle McLaughlin on Tumblr, assume it was a Dune meme. And like, I got really into learning about the Dune movie helped me to learn about David Lynch as a filmmaker. Like, (laughs) so I got kind of sucked into the weird minutiae of Dune. Okay. And then they were like, Aquaman is going to be in the Dune movie. And I was like, the Dune movie? Let's fight like demons. Um, bro, that's, I told you, that's the wild card that this movie may not be good just because Jason Momoa is in this movie. Well, great, great news. He doesn't make it that long. Um, oh, fuck. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> for a book that came out in 1965. Hey, man. But anyway, so I was like, the Dune movie. We're doing this again? And I was like, there's no way it's going to be good. And then they were like, it's the Blade Runner 2049 guy. And I was like, well, people liked Blade Runner 2049. Yes, I attest to that. Blade Runner 2049 was supremely underrated. Love that movie. I feel like I should watch it now that I've seen the original Blade Runner and just spent like hours upon hours shitting on it. <laughs> it's better. I'll, I'll say that. Blade Runner OG has a like a place in what it was and what it created mm-hmm. but i legit think as far as a movie is concerned 2049 is an actual better movie than original yeah but then also it's the guy who did uh, arrival which i love and sicario which i thought was very good this might be okay yeah i'm giving it at least okay i think it's at least a seven and a half out of ten i think this has the potential to be like a great modern science fiction film my hope and like this is such a dumb hope and i know it's not real is that this is gonna break us out of like the traditional blockbuster of like gotta be a franchise gotta be this because like yeah okay great there's like seventy thousand dune movies that could be made yeah but the dune story is a complete character arc and so if this is just a movie and then it's over wow Um, (laughs) we will accept that and if it makes money wow which it probably won't because Blade Runner 2049 made like nine dollars yeah but like but but uh, well actually shit mm -hmm. I was gonna say 
Blade Runner 2049 probably doesn't have the audience. Blade Runner itself probably doesn't have the audience of the Doom books, but it was fucking Blade Runner. People should have showed out for it. So I think you're right on that. Dune has always been so weird because it's always been this weird melting pot of like different types of society and all of the aliens are humanoid and there's clearly like this greater thing going on, but you don't really need to understand it to enjoy the basic story, right? Yeah. About the Kwisak Hadarak and the savior of Arrakis. And believe me, believe me, I am not super jazzed about another story about a white boy who is the only one who can save the day save the world (laughs) but there's a lot of depth and darkness in dune that i feel like it doesn't get credit for and i don't i don't want to get too much into it like i know i've spoiled some things but a lot of them are things that happen in the first third of the book okay i don't want to get too in depth into what the plot is because a lot of people didn't read it read it in high school whatever but if they can touch on some of the really human darkness that exists in dune i mean they're playing pink floyd i'm gonna assume they're trying to pivot to that i am assuming that dennis villanueva was also depressed in high school and like (laughs) i think maybe he and i should hang out is really what i'm getting at here i mean i watched i watched 2049 and yeah, my man got some demons. <laughs> I also think it's really funny that he picked Eclipse, and that is obviously the last song on Dark Side of the Moon. Have you ever heard of the Wizard of Oz theory? Um, I don't believe so, but enlighten okay. me. So if you start playing Dark Side of the Moon at the same time as the Wizard of Oz... Doesn't it sync up perfectly or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, it did. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, like, obviously now you can look it up on YouTube or whatever. But I went with a friend to see a band do it live. Holy shit. (laughs) In a theater. Yeah, it was really cool. It syncs up with her entire brain damage and eclipse syncs up with the first person that Dorothy meets on the Yellow Brick Road. Holy shit. And I can't help but wonder if this is a little nudge at something. All right. I mean... I'm excited for it, and I've never read the book at all. Blade Runner 2049, like, these guys are in my trust. I don't think I'll be going to a theater anytime soon, but, uh, well, I'm assuming this is going to, this is at least a year away, right? Did it December it? 18th. Shit. Well, fuck. Uh, I don't think I'll be going <laughs> I don't think I'll be going that soon, honestly, but, I mean, once it hits VOD, actually, you know what? Blade Runner is a really good movie to enjoy in the theaters. Even from this trailer from Dune, I can tell, like, it is the theater experience. I just hope he's not, like, a dickhead like Nolan, forcibly trying to get people into the movies to see it. I absolutely think that he will probably push for it to be released remotely immediately. Well, because here's the thing, right? If Tenet does well in theaters, then Warner Brothers is going to push this to theaters. But Tenet is not doing well in theaters, I was about to say that, yeah, it's not doing well. I know we've definitely talked on air and off air about even the idea of being comfortable in the movie theater again. Like I said, for the rest of this year, I, I've already told my family I'm not flying back to D.C. in a movie theater for three hours. I'm assuming it's terribly ventilated anyway. I'm, I'm hoping I can, like, put on footy pajamas 
and have one friend over who tested negative and we can watch it together. Yeah. That is my hope for, for this movie. Listeners, you can find your Cat Golden ticket by going to catseasmovies.tumblr.com. I'm very seriously considering if it does release on December 18th, setting up a fire pit and making warm drinks and encouraging people to come over and we'll stream it outside. That'd be fire. Doesn't um, that. Well, yeah, it also gets fucking cold in Massachusetts. Oh, shit, December. Well, yeah. But if I can make it work, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it work. Have people bring blankies. It could be lit. And, I mean, and mittens. It, it's going to be like 60 degrees in fucking San Antonio in December. So It's going to be like 16 degrees. Actually, or it'll be 70 because sometimes on Christmas it's like 75 and you're like, wow. I mean, shit. Uh, I got to get out of the red state, man. But anyway, <laughs> let's say if in December, where your thought process is right now, if it's only in the movie theaters... On a scale of 1 to 10, how well do you think you actually want to go to the theater? It's dependent on two factors. I need to know the number of cases, and I need to know if there's an easy treatment for COVID or an easy vaccine for COVID, then I'm going to be a lot more inclined to go than if there isn't. There's talks that Putin has a cure. (laughs) Now, that said, I'm going to apply for a press screening copy of this movie so hard you have no idea. Good luck, um, man. Good fucking luck, literally. Holy shit, I, you gonna do that for did you do it for tenant? Did you try for tenant? No. Oh damn it. I had all my eggs in the dune basket. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I feel it. I feel it. I also you. like at this point, I don't wanna give Christopher Nolan any positive attention for how he's fucking purported himself during all this. Yes. He has proved to me that he cares more about the pretension of being an artiste than he does about literal fucking human lives and that's disgusting to me yes i think i'm the last like nolan (laughs) defender and i'm all out like i've only liked one movie of his i've ever seen oh my god like i appreciate a lot of what he's done for art but like (laughs) he's he's not my guy i'm sorry he's not my guy yeah And a lot of that is because I feel like he weaves so much of his pretension into what he makes that it's hard for me to enjoy it. That's a fair question. It's a lot like the guys who are like, my favorite film is Pulp Fiction, but you wouldn't understand. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, I understand. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. Um, Basically. You know, if someone tells me their favorite movie is The Dark Knight or Inception on a first date, I I do also leave. (laughs) I quietly pay my bartender and go. I am ready for a serious adult science fiction story. Yeah. That isn't just adult because it's needlessly dark. Yeah. I want it to be adult because it deals with heavy shit, not just like there's violence and sex and like (laughs) aggressive death. Like, I don't need that. Hilarious. Yeah. Also, as much as I love the Pink Floyd and God... God, I like the Pink Floyd a lot. I can't help but worry that it this is just the trailer house pretentia, you oh, know? Yeah. So when they did Suicide Squad and it's like, they have a bunch of personalities. It's like all the different operatic segments of Bohemian Rhapsody. And it's like, okay. Or like <laughs> the Batman trailer with the Nirvana. Like, I really hope that it wasn't just like someone in the trailer house going, well, hey. 
isn't Dark Side of the Moon about space? Oh my god. <laughs> and I'm really worried that it might be. Well, yeah. Chayla's going to be definitely misleading, yeah. Also, and this is a dumb, but I'm really grateful they didn't change the design of the sandworms particularly. Like, throughout every adaptation of Dune, the sandworms have looked pretty similar. And like, yep, that's a sandworm. I don't need a, a gritty, edgy sandworm. I hope you never have the misfortune of watching Beetlejuice with me. <laughs> because if we ever watch Beetlejuice together, every time there's a sandworm, I'll just very, very quietly go, the spice, the spice must flow. And like, <laughs> yeah, it's bad. It's real bad. Hilarious. But, but the spice must flow, Mark. Oh my the God. spice must flow. Follow Kat at Kat underscore Chinetti on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram. Follow Marcus at Showin' Mad Love, S-H-O-W-I-N-M-A-D-L-O-V on Twitter and Instagram. Follow the show on Twitter at Kat and Mark, and join our We Should Do This Again Sometime Facebook group. Read us at catseesmovies.tumblr.com and the Mark Rob, T H E M A R C R O B dot WordPress dot com. This podcast is executive produced by Kellen Conley and Eric Greenley. Thanks for listening. We should do this again sometime. This is is a hyphen podcast production. Are you not entertained? But have you considered the spice and it's flowing? (laughs) My God.